1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60
1: minutes, and it all leads up to one. Winning, Winning Drive. Drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan.
2: And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 1057, the fan, as well as the station's Ravens Beat reporter.
1: And today, Cordell and I have a guest. We have a great guest, by the way. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We have Jonas Schaefer of Baltimore Sun, Beat Writer for the Ravens. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast.
0: Absolutely, guys. Happy to join you.
1: So let's start with. We're, we're trying to put the Giants behind us, right? I, I, that's the one thing Coydell and I typically try to do. You know, we already beat it in the head two times this week already, but we got to move forward. And obviously, we have another division opponent and the Browns this Sunday. Uh, so, Jonas, let's start with the Ravens' offense against the Browns' defense. We obviously know that um, the big news has been – that Deshaun Jackson has been signed with the Ravens. I don't know what that means for Sunday. Uh, It appears that Coach Harbaugh really kind of gave us a we'll see type in answer. Um, So Jonas, please give us um, your take on what you expect to see from the Ravens this Sunday, potentially if Deshaun Jackson plays, if Rashawn Bateman plays. We have no idea what's going on. Uh, You know, the fans are starting to panic. So is there something we could say to them? that will make them feel just a little bit better about this game on Sunday.
0: Uh, By the way, I want to point out that I just realized, Rita, during your wonderful introduction, that who would have thought, gosh, name a point in time that we'd be talking more about a Deshaun Jackson than a Deshaun Watson in the days before the Browns came. (laughs) Pretty crazy. But anyway, uh, I think this is the kind of matchup that – Greg Roman would be happy to have for, for this offense because this is just not a good Browns run defense. They are small. They don't tackle. Well, they're weak up the middle. There's everything that the Ravens would want to continue this little hot streak that they finally hit for the run game. You know, I think over the past three weeks, they've been easily the NFL's most efficient running game. They're finally leaning into some of the read option stuff with Lamar, they're pulling people in all crazy directions. They're uh, running out of small formations or running out of big formations. And this Browns run defense just really can't stop anyone except, strangely enough, New England. Uh, but maybe that was a situation where they overcommitted to stop the run and just got toasted by <laughs> Bailey Zappi of all people. So I think this sets up pretty nicely for the Ravens, but you know, guys, this is a divisional game. I, I mean, I think I remember saying, that kind of – making that kind of assessment when the Ravens were heading to Pittsburgh uh, last year for that Week 13 game, I think it was, where they were – you know, that run game was finally cooking with gas and Pittsburgh was really, really struggling to stop anyone. And uh, Pittsburgh came to play and, and they, they bottled up that Ravens run game and, uh, you know, forced Lamar to make a couple bad mistakes. That pass rush got after it, obviously with Miles Garrett uh, on one edge and maybe on Jadavion Clowney on the other. Cleveland certainly has that potential but I think if we're just talking about who has the advantage going to this game who's got the leg up it's definitely the Ravens offense over the Browns defense
2: yeah I I would agree with that you know coming into this season we didn't know really know what to expect from the Browns with the Deshaun Watson situation the offensive end but on the defensive side coming into the year we all thought that this would be you know, a very good Browns defense this year. And so far they've been, you know, on the bottom half of the league in, in terms of yards allowed, things of that nature of uh, the sacks are the one thing that worry, worry you about them, because like you said, they have miles Garrett, They have guys like Jadavian Clowney. They have a nice little rush on the interior too, uh, as well. So, you know, I, While I uh, think that this Ravens offense definitely needs a bounce back game, and this has the capabilities of kind of being that for them, you have to definitely be worried. Some, like Jonas said, this is a division game. Anything can happen uh, in these types of games. And you think back to last year, uh, especially in the Browns game when they came to Baltimore, it was a lot of crazy plays that went in the Ravens' favor that Lamar had to make throughout the course of that game. Uh, I, you know, and you just get the feeling, especially with the way that the Ravens are playing now offensively, that the only way that they're really going to win games right now on the offensive side of the ball, at least, is if Lamar is making miraculous plays like the ones he made last year against uh Cleveland. Hopefully they can do it without him having to feel like he has to make three to four spectacular plays a game, but, Right now, that's just the type of offense they have. It's good that Bateman's trending in the right direction. They need to get him back out there for some receiver help. You mentioned Deshaun Jackson. We'll see if he plays on Sunday. But uh, they 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 have to, as an offense, just become more consistent. You keep hearing about Lamar, hearing Lamar say he wants. They need to score more points. Well, they definitely need to score more points, but they they have to be better in the passing game to do that. It's a passing league, and quite frankly. The, while the running game has trended up over the last couple of weeks the passing game has kind of been taking steps back each week
1: yeah and but but to i hear you in terms of you know the running game but the thing is is that the browns are the ninth worst um in run defense they average giving up uh, almost 132 yards per game so when now that you guys see that the ravens uh, running game is trending up Do you not find a way to take advantage of that? Uh, You know, I feel like in the red zone, um, the team, whether it be Greg Roman, whether it be Lamar, I'm not really sure, found ways to get away from the run game when they got inside the red zone. But I would like to think that this is a team that could potentially learn from their mistakes. Um, And just look, if it's going to work, I don't see why you should make it stop. And if the Browns are the ninth worst in run defense, I would think that potentially you would try to expose that and take advantage of that. Jonas?
0: Yeah, I think if if we just want to break this down as you know, try to find a way for the Ravens to help themselves and the and the Reds. And actually, one thing I was looking at last night was, you know, Lamar at Louisville, you know, did a lot of pro style stuff, but he has some familiarity with these college elements of you know using the RPO, and that's something that we really haven't seen a whole lot this year. I think the Ravens are actually using them at a lower clip than they were last year, and. You look at how much of a weapon it can be for some of these dual-threat guys, and it is surprising that the Ravens have kind of leaned away from that. I mean, I think, you know, looking at the stats last night, I think Josh Allen was like 13 for 17 in the, in, inside the 20 for six touchdowns, which is just absurd. And you would think that, all right, you know, even if you have these defenses stacked in the box, well, just because they're showing one thing before the snap doesn't mean that that's what's going to be there after the snap. And if it is there after the snap, then, you know, pull that running, pull that ball away from the running back's gut, and you have a clear, you know, lane, either in the flat or the slant or whatever kind of route combination you have, and chances are you're going to have a pretty good, you know, level of success just with all the different kind of arm angles that Lamar can attack from, with his mobility, if there's a built-in keeper option. So, if we're talking about just things that the Ravens can and maybe should do, I think that would be a nice little wrinkle for them to try to try things out. And you know, Lamar wasn't super successful with the RPO early in the year, but he has enough weapons, um, you know, either in the backfield or Mark Andrews or Rashad Bateman, if he's healthy, to make that successful. So I, I think that would be something that, if I are g I, I would like to experiment more with.
2: And I've been, I've been asking for that for weeks now, you yes. know, especially in the red zone. You look at uh, Sunday's game, the, the fact that they had a, an entire – drop you know a tired three play set in in inside the red zone and didn't call a run play is beyond me. Uh and you think back to the fourth and goal situation against the Bills. You think back to a lot of the uh the the fourth and short yardage situations that they've had to this point in the season to where it seems like they go away from their bread and butter. To me the best the best play that they have in their playbook is borderline almost any quarterback design run especially that midline read option that they run with Lamar that he seems to get about 11 yards of pop on right up the middle. Now i give the giants credit. Obviously they know they did something weird up the middle of the, in the middle of that line of scrimmage a couple of times that Lamar tried to do that. And they, they were able to kind of converge on him there. They were the ones that I seen bottled up the best to this point in the year, but I, I just don't understand why you get that close to the end zone and you don't, do what makes you best. You you, you want to turn into this passing team. You want to go spread offense instead of running the ball. And I can't think of how many times we've seen them do a quarterback design run inside the red zone this year in general. Like, I, I can't think of too many off the top of my head. And I think that they're not doing themselves any favors by keeping those type of plays in their back pockets as they go out there to punt the ball or have a turnover on downs. And even beyond that, you would expect that a guy, whether Bateman plays or not, you would expect that a guy like Devin DuVernay is going to be more involved this week. The fact that he only got one touch in that Giants game has got to be frustrating. Uh, and, and, And I think what makes it so frustrating is that this is a guy that you can get the ball to in a multitude of ways. It's not just the traditional passing game that you can get Devin DuVernay the ball. You can hand it to him in a rushing attack he could be a part of the read option. It's so many ways you can line him up and use him. And for a team that is still searching for more weapons, you would imagine that the weapons that they do have, they would utilize them to to the max. And it just seems like at times they get complacent and, you know, they're okay with taking their ball and going home sometimes.
1: Yeah, and it... <sighs> I don't like to bring up other teams, right? But I'm sorry. I'm going to do it here. When I watch the Philadelphia Eagles run these RPOs and have success against them, and you have a guy like Jalen Hurts that has a similar skill set as Lamar Jackson, it is very frustrating because, you know, yes, I understand that they have an A.J. Brown, which the Ravens don't have, but we have put Rashad Bateman on a wide receiver one pedestal. OK, similar to what, what the, the Eagles have done with A.J. Brown. So I, I'm trying to understand if it's very successful there and yet they're 6-0. and Why do you think that that's not going to work with what you have? Who is in the room saying that they don't want to do RPOs? Knowing that RPOs are effective, I don't understand it. I would love an explanation for it. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, uh, particularly when you see other teams running it successfully and it's working in their favor. Um, But something has to give here. Something has to give. Something has to change. And I I personally don't think Deshaun Jackson changes anything about what happens in his wide receiving core. He's a body. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know what to expect from a man 35 years old trying to get back into the National Football League in this first if he plays if he plays in this first game on Sunday. So, you know, I think that that's the perfect thing to do to make up for what they're lacking as of right now until, you know, they can find their wide receivers can find a way on the field consistently and find a way to get plays. James Prochet and thank you, Cordell, for even asking Coach Harbaugh <laughs> that question. I have no idea what, what his purpose is on this team. I have no idea what he does. None. I don't either. I, I mean, you, know, you
2: heard Harb say he's going to, you know, we're going to see some play. And I had to think about it after the fact. Like, all right, so is he talking about him making plays on special teams? Or is he talking about making plays on the offensive side? I, I I don't think that out of nowhere we're going to start getting a huge dose of James Prochet, especially with a healthy Rashad Bateman back, you know, adding Deshaun Jackson. At some point, I I mean, maybe not, but at at some point they may entertain putting Isabella out there. I just don't see why we would see more of James Prochet now when they have added to the wide receiver room. At least in their mind, they have added to that room Uh, with guys that can help them on the field. So if we didn't see a lot of James Brochet before now, I I have zero hope that we're going to see more of him going forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the Ravens want to have their outside receivers be wide receivers and they want to have their guys in the slot, be bigger bodies or tight Mm -hmm. ends. And guess what? James Prochet isn't, he's not a big body, nor does he have, you know, the field stretching speed that, G-Row for that outside receiver spot. So he's betwixt in between, man. I mean, I, I don't think this this offense formationally, personnel-wise, is going to change all of a sudden midseason because, you know, even though there's a lot of consternation right now over just how many – just how few points they're scoring, they're still moving the ball to decent clip. So uh, until there is a huge, huge need to rejigger what this offense looks like, it, it's going to be what we've seen for the first six weeks. So, yeah, I mean, uh, unless – you know, this Duvernay knee injury or whatever is, is serious. And un- unless, uh, you know, Tylen Wallace just kind of falls off a cliff, it's going to be really tough to to envision a way in which, you know, we see the crochet that we saw in spots last year. And then also, obviously, in training camp this year, where he was kind of catching everything. Catching everything.
1: It's funny. Even long guys, have, have you guys, I, I don't know if you guys um, heard um the Shannon Sharp, I guess, podcast that he has yeah. Steve Smith on there and he he mentions Jane Prochet, although he didn't say his name correctly. But- right. <laughs> <laughs> Porsche. He wanted to go. He kept calling that man Porsche, but we knew who he was talking about, right? I think he uh, had a couple
2: uh, of yeah. sips in him though. You know, he's a club. <laughs> days, so
1: Might have had a little just a little taste. Yeah. And he, he was talking about like he felt like how he complete of a receiver he is. I watched him in college, thought he was a really good player. I, I just I am confused exactly. Then what's the point? You know what I mean? Do you do you find? look and if you're not going to use them, do you keep, are you keeping him here for a body from a standpoint of you don't have that much depth at wide receiver to begin with? Because honestly, you could probably find someone that could use his services and trade them as far as I'm concerned, if you're not going to utilize. Him. I
2: just don't think he has any. I mean, what value does James Prochet have? They haven't showcased him. Ever. You, right. you very, very true. I have to go all the way back to basically his, high, his college tape, unless you take out a couple of the plays that he's had at this level, but they've done a poor job of advertising him, to be honest with you. I mean, he didn't do himself any favors getting hurt on the back in the training camp. So he really couldn't play during preseason to really get those types of reps in. And even if he could play, I don't know if they would have played him because they weren't playing any of their, training camp starters for the most part during preseason anyway. So they, I mean, they're not playing them. They've diminished his value in in a league where everybody wants a receiver. And I think, I think he could play to a degree. I don't think he could, you know, I'm not saying that he's D Jackson Philly or anything like that, but, You look at what the Ravens do right now, and I definitely agree with Jonas. It's clear they want bigger bodies on the inside of, you know, the inside receivers, the slot receiver spots. Uh, But you talk about I think he's one of the best route runners they have on this team. I think he has arguably the best hands on this team right now, Uh, even though Devin Duvernay and Mark Andrews clearly make a, a, a case for that as well. But I can't tell you the last time I saw James Prochet drop a ball. But I also can't tell you the last time I saw him play in a game, so there's that.
0: <laughs> Maybe this is the game, Cordell, where they're up 31-10 in the fourth yeah. quarter, and they just say, all right, James, we're yeah. going to pump you the ball every single time. Yeah. Make us some money, man. Make us some money.
2: it will be a oh, YouTube video of a six-minute James Prochet highlight clip the next day.
1: And all of them is going to be Bengals highlights from last yeah. year, so... Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to, to see, the like, his Instagram story the, the day after where it's just guys sharing, like, six-yard cash, six-yard cash, six-yard cash, <laughs> like, look at you doing work, James.
2: Right, finally. James Porche, good job. <laughs> God bless Steve Smith.